0: Philippians chapter 4 and 2 Samuel verse number 23. As you find your place, I appreciate again you being here in the house of God. What a joy it is to be here as we worship the Lord. I was thinking about the woman who asked the preacher if he could preach her cat's funeral. And he said, now wait just a minute. He said, I've never preached a funeral for an animal And he said, I don't think I want to do it, and I don't think my church would appreciate me conducting a funeral for a cat. And she said, but preacher, if you'll do that, I'll donate $15,000 to the church's building fund. And he said, I didn't realize your cat was a Baptist. (laughs) The Bible says here, you're with me in Philippians chapter 4, verse number 5. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Let's pray. Father, as we stand before you this morning, you know our heart, you know our life, you know our emotions, you know our down-sitting, you know our uprising. And Lord, if we were to, to, to fly as far as we could, David said, to the depths of the sea, even there your spirit would be found. And Father, I pray. That your spirit would search our hearts this morning, that you would be with us, that you would bless our church this morning, you'd bless this message, bless the listeners. Father, may all that's done today glorify the Lord Jesus Christ, for it's in his name we pray, amen. Let your moderation be known unto all men. I am in the word of God when I preach on moderation. If you remember from the first sermon, the definition of moderation was this. It is an avoidance of excess an avoidance of extremes. So when I'm supposed to let my everybody understand that I'm a moderate person, they look at me and see there are no extremes in my life, that my behavioral patterns are such that there is moderation in my life, an avoidance of an extreme, an avoidance of excesses, self-control, self-discipline, self-restraint. And here's the truth about every one of us. If we're not careful, the devil will destabilize our lives, destabilize our emotions. He will warp our minds, warp our hearts, and get us so unbalanced that we are unusable for the kingdom of God. Amen, preacher. That's the truth about all of us. Some things in our lives can so easily get out of control. Our anger can get out of control. Our passions can get out of control. And you better believe that the devil is in the business of keeping things out of control. That's why we ought to be in the word of God. I hope this series of messages has helped you examine yourself. The Bible says examine yourself to see if you be in the faith, but we also ought to examine ourselves and make sure that no part of our personality is warped. Somebody say amen. That that there are no complexes, that that we have not been destabilized in certain parts of our life. And the Bible says that we're to let uh, our moderation be known to all, known to all. That is, everybody should, that, that is in our world should look at us and realize there is self-control. There is self-constraint. We are controlled by the Spirit of God. That's what people should notice about our life. Let me ask you a question. When the world looks at you, do they see self-control? Do they see a person who is steady? Or do they see a person who is destabilized? You've allowed Satan to come into your life and destabilize part of your life or destabilize part of your emotions. Listen, he wants to do that. He desires to do that. The first place he wants to attack and destabilize is this pulpit and this pastor. So please pray for your pastor every single day. The devil fights sometimes very much, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. Do they see a person when the world looks at you? Let your moderation be known to all men. Do they see a person who has idiosyncrasies or complexes or do they see something that is unbalanced? we live living in a world where I, I see more and more people who are just becoming so unbalanced and so hypersensitive uh, that you have to call them by the right pronoun. I, you know what? I don't, I don't work well in those situations. I don't work well when a person is really hypersensitive about everything and you just feel like you're walking on ice around them or you're going to shatter something. That person is Unbalanced. And the Bible says that we as Christians are should should not be unbalanced and hypersensitive about everything. Amen. And so the Bible is thundering us to the pages of scripture, avoid the excesses, excuse me, of life. Let me make sure that we understand this morning, our God is a God of order. Satan loves to bring disorder. He loves to bring chaos. And that is why we need the word of God as a foundation for our faith. Because unless we have the instruction manual that keeps life in order, Satan is going to cause disorder. Unless we have a manual that keeps our life in balance and in check, Satan is going to cause unbalance. Uh, Listen, when the principles of the Word of God are applied to life, these are the precepts, they work like a chain of reasoning, a chain of reasoning, a chain of logic, a chain of balance. And when the Word of God is placed to work in your life, and that chain is intact, it will keep your life intact from the upheavals and the disruptions of life. Somebody say amen. That's exactly what the Word of God is for. I think of this. Now you think of this with me. Uh, We've all come up on accident scenes, whether it be an accident at work or an accident uh, on the highway. I want you to think of an accident scene where there are multiple victims, there are multiple accidents, multiple victims, the scene is chaotic, there's just mayhem everywhere, and when you come upon a scene like that, you know what straightens that scene out? Somebody with the proper training, amen? Somebody comes along, he's called an incident commander, and the incident commander comes, walks onto that scene, and he's very well trained, he has protocols that he follows, he's trained to restore help, that incident commander is a well-trained, competent, competent confident person, and he does some things. He begins to set the situation in order. He has a situation awareness. He does a situation analysis. He makes the scene safe for all of his responders, that he triages the victims. uh, He prioritizes the injuries. He coordinates different rescue services, and if he's going to be there for a while, he'll even set up a command post. And what are you saying, preacher? I'm just saying this. The devil spiritually loves to create mayhem. He loves to bring an accident into your life. He loves to just create destruction in your life. If that incident commander at a wreck on the highway is well-trained and he comes into that scene well-confident and competent, he takes that frenzied, tumultuous scene and he turns it into a scene of order are y'all with me? And things begin to turn around. The people who are injured get prioritized, they get the right help, the emergency services know what to do and go to the right places, and soon that Accident scene that was just a few minutes ago, so full of confusion, so full of trauma, so full of drama. Soon that scene begins to be set in order. The people who need help get helped. The public is kept safe. Traffic is restored and things go back to order. It's easy to see on that, but sometimes in your life, in my life, spiritually, the devil causes a wreck. And unless we have been well-trained, and unless we know the protocols, the precepts, and the principles of the Word of God, our life is going to become chaotic. And we're going to, we're going to get so mixed up because Satan is the drama creator, amen. God is the peace giver, and we ought to be in the Word of God. Maintaining the peace of God. He keepeth them, the Bible says, in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. So we need to be aware that God is the God of peace, Satan is the God of peace confusion, and he loves to cause drama. If we're not properly trained in the Word of God and have that good foundation of the Word of God, then we have no protocols to set our life back in order. Somebody say amen. We don't have that chain of reasoning and ration and biblical holiness and biblical principles so that our life can be set back in order before God. The Bible says this. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 8. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. Even Paul the apostle, the greatest Christian in your New Testament, was tested by God and tried by the devil. And he despaired, the Bible says, even of life i I think of this very week of a man who despaired even of life so much that he took that he took his own life. And Paul said, that's where we were. We despaired even of life. But you know what Paul said he did? He said he set into place the biblical principles of the Word of God. He trusted in the Word of God. He trusted in the God of heaven. He trusted in the principles and his training. And soon the Bible says. Uh, that Paul's life was restored to order. Let me just say this. If your life is in a state of disorder, then the best thing you can do is get in the Word of God and set your life back in order. Somebody say amen. We should be in the Word of God. The balance of life restored. The God of peace, the God of comfort, the God of consolation moves in and brings healing. Turn with me, I want to look at this in depth, to 2 Samuel chapter number 23. Second Samuel chapter number 23. I want us to see this, there's some very deep wisdom here from the Word of God. I want us to see this quickly as we move forward. 2 Samuel 23 and verse number 1. We're going to find something here about the life of David. I'll wait till I hear the pages quit turning. 2 Samuel chapter number 23, verse number 1. Here we go. Watch this. Now these be the last words of David. Mark that in your Bible. These be the last words of David. David, the son of Jesse, said, and the man who was raised up on high, the anointed of the God of Jacob, the sweet psalmist of Israel, said, let's stop right there. And let's consider what is going on here. If we stop and consider in the life of David, these are his last words. Let me tell you something about the last words of people. They're usually very honest. The last words of people are usually very straightforward. They don't have time for a lot of conversation. They don't have time to fill in their conversation with a lot of fluff. They got something to say And it's something that they want to convey to us from their life that they teach us in our lives. everybody with me? And that's exactly where we are with David here. These are the last words of David. This is a culmination, you might say, of David's experience, of David's training, of David's education, the greatest earthly king who ever lived. Let's see what David has to say as he gives us his last words. The Bible says in 23.2, the Spirit of the Lord spake by me, and his word was in my tongue. This is not just David speaking. This is the culmination of the experience of uh, uh, the the spiritual things. So this is not just David's experience. Look at that. This is the spiritual things. Verse number three, the God of Israel said this, the rock of Israel spake unto me. Watch this. He that ruleth over men must be just ruling in the fear of God. You say, now, preacher, that doesn't apply to me. I don't rule over anything. Oh, that's exactly where we are in our series. You do rule over something, and the Bible says that you need to rule over your spirit. The Bible says that your life should be balanced. Let your moderation be known unto all men. And so David is saying here, uh, the rock of Israel spoke to me. We all rule over something. The Bible said, he that ruleth his spirit is better than he that taketh a city. And so we're to all rule over our own spirit. And look what David said in verse number four. Watch this. What's the balance here. And he shall be as the light of the morning when the sun riseth, even a morning without clouds, as the tender grass springing up out of the earth by clear shining after rain. Right balance in your Bible right there. Because here's what David has said. He said, here's what my life should have been. My life should have been like the sun when it comes up. Listen, the sun comes up in its authority. It follows its ordained path. God has ordained a path for that sun right across the sky, has he not? And he said, God has established that sun. That sun is established to hold this, this solar system into place through its gravity. That sun is established to light our earth. That sun is established to uh, put to heat our earth and to bring us life. And David said, my life should have been like the authority of the sun. But he said, my life should have been balanced, not just with the authority of the sun, but it should have been balanced like the tender grass, the tender herb, the tender blade springing up out of the ground. Do you see the balance there? Do you see how the sun works and its authority, yet it, the tender grass also comes up? And so we understand that David is talking about not just the authority of the sun, but the softening of the grass. And so your your life and my life should have authority, but it should be tender. Do you see the balance there? But I want you to see the honesty of David in the next verse. He says in verse number five, although, watch those first words, watch the honesty of David. Although my house be not so with God. Mark that in your Bible. Although my house, be not so with God. Yet he hath made me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things and sure. For this is all my salvation and my desire, although he make it not to grow. I like the honesty of David. I've said this before that one of the reasons that God loved David so much is because David was just honest. David was just honest with God. And he said, although my house be not so with God. David gives us the principles of balance, the sun, the tender grass. But he says this, I never could achieve it. I never could make it there. I never could find that right balance. I appreciate that about David. He says, but he goes on to say this, in spite of my failures, in spite of my inability to balance my life, God has made an everlasting covenant with me. Isn't that wonderful? Because let me tell you something, just about the time I think I've got my life in order, just about the time I think I've got all my ducks in a row, just about the time I think I've got my life balanced out, my church balanced out, my home balanced out, my mind, my emotions are all balanced out, the devil throws a sprag in my cog. Amen. And David said just, <laughs> David is saying here, just about the time I think I had it all together, I just didn't have it all together. Can I get a witness there? Amen. And he said, But he said this, Although I never did get it all together, although I had trouble keeping it together, although I had trouble balancing my life, God had made an everlasting covenant with me. Let me tell you something this morning, Christian. Through the cross of Calvary, the death and the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, God has made an everlasting covenant with you. If your life is warped, your mind is warped, your life is out of balance, your family needs help, uh, there is a fountain filled with blood, praise God, uh, where Jesus Christ can heal you and touch you and make you whole uh, and set your life back in balance. And praise God, it may be troublesome sometimes, there may be storms sometimes, uh, but listen, when you're on board with Jesus, everything's going to be all right, amen. I want to read you some things here. I don't do this much, but for just a few minutes, i got to hurry here. I want to read you some things about balance. So David, we saw the last words of David. We saw how he admitted that he struggled finding balance in his life for his whole life. And then he handed that information down to his son. And Solomon began to write this in chapter 3 of Ecclesiastes. He said this, To everything... There is a season and a time to every purpose under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which was planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance. A time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get, a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak. Boy, we all need that, don't we? A time to love, a time to hate, a time of war. And a time of peace. David said, or Solomon says here, there's going to be seasons in our life. You come through the spring season and the flowers bloom and you think everything's going to be hunky-dory, and the next thing you're in one of those summer storms like we had yesterday. Anybody get that? Trees down everywhere, lightning strikes everywhere, power lines down everywhere, and I mean you think in the spring everything's going to be all right, the next thing you know your life's in a summer storm, it's a wreck, there's chaos, and, and you don't know what to do, but you know what? What do you do? You cling to the unchanging hand of God. The seasons may change, but God doesn't change. The weather may change, but the word of God does not change. And you come through that summer storm and you say, man, I didn't think we was gonna make it through that. And then the next thing you know, another season has come along and it's the season of fall. And boy, I like those fall, those autumn days, those, those nice, warm, mild autumn days when the leaves are beautiful. I just like to turn it off right there and say, we're gonna have this forever. And, and you think, boy, this is great. And then all of a sudden, winter comes along, those snows and rains and cooped up in the house, and I'm telling you, that. but what are you saying, preacher? Things are going to change. Seasons are going to change. Life is going to have seasons, uh, but when we're on board with the plan of God, when we've got the word of God in place in our life, when we're serving the Lord, we come through those seasons of life, uh, and they're over, and we look back and say, thank God for what he's done. Amen. Amen. Thank God we have an unchanging God. I want to close with this. The last thing we're going to see is something that is a little different. I've been preaching a message on balance, on the avoidance of extremes. But I'm going to give you the secret to finding balance in your life. And it's not going to be what you think it is. You say, preacher, how do I keep my life in harmony and in balance with God? Can I give you the answer to that just bluntly and frankly? You go to the extreme with God. You say, now wait a minute, preacher, you've been preaching that I need a, a balanced life and I need a balanced home and a balanced diet and nature needs to be balanced. And, and, and we've preached on this. This is the fourth installment in this fourth sermon. And you're, but now you're telling I need to do something extreme and that is go to the extreme with God. Yes, I am. Because you know what? Jesus said this about our spiritual condition. Are you listening? He said, Because you are lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. I would that you were either cold or hot. Don't be lukewarm. What is lukewarmness? (laughs) It's a moderate temperature. What is lukewarmness? It is a balance of hot and cold. And Jesus said, I don't want you to be spiritually lukewarm. Are y'all with me? Do not be spiritually lukewarm. Don't try to balance your flesh and balance your spirit. If you try to live in the spiritual realm with a balance between your flesh and your spirit, the the flesh is going to win. (laughs) He said, don't do that. He says this in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, acceptable and holy unto God, which is your reasonable service. The only way that I can balance the flesh is go to the extreme with God. Amen. The only way that I can manage my flesh is stay on my face before God. The only way that I can manage the circumstances in my life is be devoted to my Lord. Go to the extreme with God. God does not want our devotion to him to be balanced with the flesh. He wants us to be fully committed to. Can I give you an example from Scripture? When the Old Testament sacrifice was slain, it was to be fully consumed. If it was a burnt sacrifice, they completely burned it up. You know what God wants? God wants complete service. He wants us to be fully dedicated. When the Passover lamb was slain, it was to be consumed wholly. And if if a family couldn't eat the whole sacrifice, they were to burn it in the flames. Why? Because God wants our complete devotion and dedication and commitment to him. The Bible says that this is our reasonable service. It is not unreasonable for God to ask us to be devoted to him. It is not unreasonable for God to ask us to be committed to him. It is not unreasonable. It, it listen, being committed to God does not make us radical. It makes us reasonable. And the world wants to paint a picture that if you devote yourself to God, if you devote yourself to the Bible, if you devote yourself to prayer and church attendance and and your devotions and your Sunday school, if you do that, you're going to be radical. No, you won't. You're going to be reasonable. Don't let the world paint some picture that reasonable service to God, that our dedication to God will make us some kind of a warped person. No, it'll fill us full of worship instead of warped. Amen. Many people think if they dedicate their life to the Lord, there's not going to be room for anything else in our life. Let me remind you that when we serve the Lord, our roles in life do not conflict with each other. My role as a father does not conflict with my role as a pastor. My role as a husband does not conflict with my role as a pastor. As a matter of fact, it makes it work. I become a Christian pastor, a Christian father, a Christian husband, a Christian worker, and it balances my life. There are no ultimate conflicts in the will of God. Amen. So the Lord's given us a strict warning here. That he wants us dedicated to him, not Luke warm. And here's where I'm going to close. A lot of people live their lives. Christians live their lives with one foot in the world, doing what they want to do, and they come on Sunday morning and think it's going to balance out all of the things they did in the world. Amen, preacher. There's no dedication. there's no commitment. There's no devotion, and they think they're just going to balance. I need to balance my life because I've I got to do all this. i got to work, and i got to have recreation, and i got to have vacation. Those things are wonderful, but God wants us dedicated to him, or those things will warp us, amen. Those things will get us out of balance, and instead of living the Christian life, we're going to live a fleshly life. And that's why the Bible says that we're to dedicate ourself, which is our reasonable service. Because God wants to take our lives and use it for His glory. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Let me just say as I finish that thought, God does not want me living. In the spiritual middle of the road. God does not want me living on the fence. Because as the old preacher used to say. The devil owns the fence. Christian this morning stop straddling the fence. Stop being in the middle of the road. Dedicate your life completely and totally to the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 12, Fear the Lord and serve Him with all of your heart. Listen to me carefully, Christian. The Lord doesn't want half of your heart. He wants all your heart. The Lord doesn't want half of your life. He wants all of your life. You say, but if I give Him all my life, I'll lose my time. No, He'll give you time. You say, if I give him all of my life, I'll have to give him my money. No, he only wants 10%, and he'll bless you abundantly above that, amen. You say, if I give him my life, then then I'll lose this part of my life. Let me tell you something. Every loss for Jesus is a gain for eternity, amen. I'm going to ask you this morning to completely and totally, there in your seat, dedicate yourself to the Lord Jesus. Dedicate yourself to his service. Dedicate yourself to prayer. Dedicate yourself to devotion. Dedicate yourself to this church, amen. Become dedicated to this church. Attend, love it, worship here, give here, love your brothers and sisters in Christ here. That's what devotion is. That's a reasonable service. Don't stay in the world. Think you can balance out your life on Sunday morning. Listen, you can't do it. You can't do it. You have to do it on a daily basis at home, in your personal life, as you're driving down the road, as you live your life. Don't halt between two opinions. If the Lord be God, follow Him. But if the flesh be God, follow it. Jesus said, don't be lukewarm, be fully dedicated. Then I'll say this, maybe there's here one here that's lost. You don't know Christ as your Savior. You've never come to Jesus and said an eternal yes to the Lord Jesus Christ. You've never come to Him and said, Lord, I need to be saved. The devil's warped my life. The devil's unbalanced my home. The devil has has just wreaked havoc and caused an accident seen in my life. And I realize right now that Jesus Christ is the only answer. Jesus Christ is the only way that I can get my life back in balance and I want to come to Christ. We wait for just a moment. Would you come to Christ today? Would you come in repentance and faith? Maybe somebody else here needs to be saved. You know for a fact that the, Lord, the devil has just wreaked havoc. And you know for a fact that it's going to take the God of order to set your life back on track. Maybe this morning there's a home here that's been wrecked by the devil. Maybe he's got in the husband or the wife or the children or the circumstance or the finances. Uh, and he's got your life, your home life so warped. Why don't you bring that to Jesus this morning? Why don't you come to Christ? Bring it to Him. And then lost person, we still wait. If you know you're lost and in need of a Savior, would you come to Him? There's only one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you get to God, you'll have to come through Christ. If you find that equilibrium in your life, you'll have to find it through Christ. I'm asking you this morning not to come to the Baptist church. Not to come to baptism. But to come to Christ. Anybody else want to come? I'm through preaching. Thank you for your attention. God bless you. I'm grateful the Lord's Spirit's been here again this morning. What a blessing.